Today, uh, what we want to do is we want to begin a series that is talking about the gospel um, in its entirety. Uh, the, the, the series is entitled Peace and Purpose. Um, originally, what I thought God wanted me to do was to kind of go through the explicit gospel one more again by Matt Chandler. And so there'll be some elements of that, but um, God took me in a different direction in terms of what it is that he wants to say, what he's wanting to say to his people. Um, and so rather than just go through a systematic process of the book and talk about elements of the book and go back to the you know, Bible and, you know, verifying everything, want to take it from a different perspective today, um, which by and large becomes kind of the mission statement of the true gospel ministry. Um, and so um, what we're talking about today will permeate throughout the ministry itself um, from here till kingdom come, um, because it really it really for me, it just encapsulates what we are trying to do here uh, within the ministry itself and just as believers in God. Um, so, again, the sermon series is entitled Peace and Purpose, um, and you'll be able to find these and other sermons on our website, thetrueministry.org, as well as on Spotify and other um, streaming platforms as we begin building out um, into the masses to get this message in all of our services and things to, um, to everyone. Um, so we are in Matthew chapter 25 today. Um, and see, I got little tabs. Not 25, I'm sorry, 24. We're in Matthew 24. I got tabs. Because I am not going to let my brain go all over the place. Um, and so um, we're going to start at verse number three. We're also going to be in Colossians as well as Galatians, but we'll jump to those when it's time. Um, and so we're going to start with verse number three, Matthew chapter 24. Um, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when these things will be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. And Jesus answered them, see that no one leads you astray for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and they will lead many astray. And you will hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed for this must take place, but the end is not yet for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Um, and then we'll skip down to verse 22. If those days had not been cut short, no human would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will, rot, will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. So if they say to you, look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. If they say, look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and shines from the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. 
wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you again for this day. Thank you for bringing us here together to give your name, praise, glory, and honor. We ask and pray, Lord God, that um, the words that come from my mouth be not my words, but they be your words, your words that will deliver, that will set free, that will break bonds, that will lose change, that will deliver, you know, people from their from issues, problems, from their sin, Lord God, and just grow to love you more and more each day. And for the one who is not, may this word touch those who don't have a walk with you, that they may grow to love you, may grow to praise you, may grow to worship you, may grow to know you, Lord God. And again, we just be so careful to give your name, praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You make sure that's um, recorded. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm just making sure. I've, I, I, My mind just went. I don't know if I hit the button. Um, so, um, today's um, topic is entitled, Looking for the Chosen One. Looking for the Chosen One. And this is the topic sentence. T side note, I've been using topic sentence a lot. Try to get people to land my plane before I have to land the plane. So this is the this is the topic sentence. There are many false Christs in the world today that are giving people what they want to appease the flesh. And it, they, they're promising them a false sense of peace that cannot deliver on what it promised. But because we can't tell the difference between flesh and spirit. Many people are being led astray because they are following after the flesh, thinking they're following after the spirit. And it leads their spirit to be drained to the point of death for the sake of the flesh. That is my topic sentence. It's a long one. <laughs> That's my long topic sentence. So, um, for too long. That's what I want to say. So got it out of the way. For too long, we have been in a pursuit of peace. Uh, we want so badly to be at peace within our souls. And so we go after, seek after, long for peace, whether it's in our homes, whether it's in our relationships, whether it's within us, whether it's on our jobs, wherever we are, wherever we go, we're always looking for peace. And by and large, what we, did, what, we, what we find is that when we are looking for peace, we tend to look in all the wrong places, even the places that seem right. And so for a lot of people, everybody rather in this world, we're always looking to solve the longings of our souls. Ecclesiastes 9 and 11 says that eternity has been put in our hearts and it's a void so big that nothing can fill it. That's the Eddie version. And so we as a people have a have a have since the dawn of time been looking to fill a void in our souls, a void that is too big for us to fill. But we're constantly seeking after a way to fill the big gaping hole in our souls. Matt Chandler in his book, Recovering Redemption, says that we go about trying to fill this void in our, in our hearts um, four particular ways. We either look to ourselves, we look to others, we look to the world, 
or we look to religion. And he says in all four of those, we find ourselves in a place where we're just incapable of filling the hole that is in our souls. Timothy Keller, um, RIP, um, he also said in his book, The Reason for God, that a lot of people act as if they're not, they're not looking for God. They claim to be atheists, but in reality, even atheism requires faith because to not believe in God means you're believing in something. And so it even takes faith to not have faith in God. So we're all seeking peace within ourselves in some way, shape or form. And by it, again, whether we're looking to the Christian God or we're looking to other gods, we're all seeking a God to bring peace to our souls. And so what I begin to what I begin to discover is that um, a lot of people will either do one of two things. They'll either go and find something that makes them feel good, or they will have God, but attach something else to it. And so when they're going out doing the things that they want to do, they will seek all these different things. They'll seek politics. They'll seek entertainment. They'll seek drugs, sex, drinking. They'll seek vacationing. They'll seek success, high paying jobs, you know, being able to do what they want to do on their jobs. They'll seek, you know, um, popularity through the social medias, on and on and on. They're constantly looking for something to fill the void in the soul. And what, what these gods out there are saying is that if you follow me, I promise you these things. I promise you peace. I promise you fame. I promise you glory. I promise you that these things will make you feel good, will make you be wise. When Adam and Eve were deceived by the serpent, what did he say? Did God really say you would die? Because God knows if you eat of this tree, you will become wise like God. It was an empty promise, but it was a promise that was enticing to the flesh. And so in today's society, you find a lot of people who are, you know, giving themselves over to the God of the algorithm. Everybody wants to be on TikTok. Everybody wants to be Insta famous. Everybody wants to be an influencer. And so you have a lot of people that are even claiming their claiming Christianity, but they're going about claiming their Christianity on the social media platforms using the, the tactics of the algorithms in order to boost their numbers. And so you have both men and women who will wear provocative clothing to get people to see them on the TikToks or on the Instagrams, but their captions read something along the lines of God be blessed or God be glorified or God be, you know, praised for all the things that he's doing. But clearly you're not trying to glorify God because if you were trying to glorify God, then you would allow God to shine and not you. 
in terms of trying to utilize and maximize the algorithm's ability to get you in front of people so they can hit the like button. Because a lot of times, can we be honest, a lot of people aren't looking at what you say when you write what you write. They're looking at the picture that you put on or they're looking at the video that you put on. And so, yeah, you may be saying God be the glory in your caption, but are people really paying attention to the caption or are they paying attention to the picture that you posted so that you could get the algorithm to boost you one way or the other? In the same way, politicians do the same thing. They know if I say this thing, it will get me the likes, it will get me the votes, it will get me the popularity. Mind you, they may not even believe half the stuff they're saying, but they know if they say it, then it'll get people to like me, it'll get people to vote for me, it'll keep me in the office. And so you have so many people now who are ready to basically dismantle all of democracy for the sake of popularity. They won't say how they really feel because they know if they say how they really feel, then somewhere in West Virginia or Missouri or Montana or Oregon, somebody's gonna look at them and be like, but I voted for you. How dare you say what you're saying the way that you're saying it? And, 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 and in every situation and circumstance, what are what, what's happening? The gods that these people are worshiping are saying, I'm promising you fame. I'm promising you glory. I'm promising you all these different things so that you can have peace within your soul. But all the while, there is no peace in the soul. Because in order to keep the fame, in order to keep the glory, in order to keep the likes and to keep the attention of the algorithms and to keep the attention of the sponsors, you have to more and more sell your soul to them in order to keep what you have. A client of mine said this to me the other day. She said that she felt like her life was like, like rubbing the genie on the lamp and asking for everything that she wanted. Because the genie in turn said, I'm going to give you what you want, but you're not going to like how you get it. And so she told me, I have everything that I want, but I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied with what I have. I should be grateful for everything that I have, but I'm not satisfied with what I have. Matt Chandler in his book, Recovering Redemption, said the same thing. The person that we wanted to be five years ago is not the person who's going to save us. It's not the person who's going to redeem us. The person that we, that we, you know, the, the, the money that we're chasing, yeah, you get all the money, but then what? You get the car, but then what? You get the relationship, but then what? You get the, um, you get the position, but then what? You get the glory, but then what? On repeat, so many times in so many situations, people have asked for and gotten the things that they wanted, and yet their souls are still not satisfied. And so what do they do? They seek out spirituality. They start, they start looking for a means to get their souls right, but they don't want to serve Jesus. They want to get their souls in, in peace, but they don't want to follow Jesus. So what do they do? They pick apart the gospel to get the pieces that they want so that they can feel good about themselves without having to make the sacrifices necessary to follow him. Additionally, they will seek out other spiritual practices to add to what they want to do so that they can feel like they're being their best selves. So they'll go and 
They'll look at, you know, African culture and get the crystals and get the sage and start saging their houses and start crystalline, start wearing crystals in order for their souls to be right. Start studying chakras and things like that. There's even this thing out there called sex magic now that people are utilizing in order to appease their flesh and manifest things out into the world. And in on repeat, it makes the flesh feel good because they are mistaking the flesh for the soul. But all the while, their souls are steadily being starved. And the more they feed their flesh, the worse in their souls they become. Even if they feel like they are at peace, there is no peace for them because their souls are not anchored in God the way that it's supposed to be. Rather, it's anchored in all these other different things that have made an empty promise to them but because the because they're looking for the they're looking for something to give them peace they are not able to find peace when they're seeking it through faulty means christ said himself you're going to find people out in the world that are going to say to you i am the christ now initially when i looked at that my thought process was you're going to have people that are out here that are trying to say that I'm the um, that I'm the I'm Jesus. Right. So then I, th I took a step back and I said, what does Jesus Christ mean? What does Jesus Christ mean? Because back in that day, when someone gave you a name, it meant something. Your name actually had a meaning. It didn't they didn't just call you, you know, some random name. And, and that's going and that's just who you are. You know, my name is Eddie Williams and it literally means happy protector, valiant protector. Like there's some truth to that. I would hope, but, <laughs> but you know, my mom didn't name me that and think valiant protector, you know, uh, happy protector. She named me after my dad. Like that's all it was. And so I just happened to look up my name and be like, oh, that kind of sounds like something I may want to do. I don't know. <laughs> Power Ranger. And so, and so, but my mom was not thinking happy protector, valiant protector when she named me. She simply named me after my dad. And I can almost be convinced that my dad wasn't named for him to be a valiant protector either. So I'm saying that to say when they named us back then, when we, when we got our names back in there, those times, the names actually meant something. So Jesus Christ literally means those, the chosen one who's come to save, deliver, rescue, help, avenge, and defend. His name literally means that. Like Christ means the chosen one, literally. So when he says there are people who are going to come and tell you, I am the Christ, He's literally saying to them, there are people who are going to come to you that are going to say, I'm the chosen one, the one who is meant to lead you to salvation, lead you to peace. What do we see in today's time? All of these false Christs, false chosen ones who are saying, follow me and I'll lead you to peace. How many self-help books are out there now? How many therapists are out there now? And I'm a therapist, too, so I'm a hypocrite. But how many therapists are out there who are saying, if you follow me, I will lead you to peace? How many people have written their books and written their things and said, seven steps to get here, 
20 steps to get here. The proven method to get you what you want. The proven method to get your man. The proven method to get your woman. The proven method to lose weight. The proven method to, to, um, to attain wealth. The proven method to do this. You have all of these different gurus out there now that are saying, follow me and I have the steps to get you what you want. And all in what we're doing is we're gobbling it up because we're longing for peace in the soul. And we think that peace comes through all these different means of the flesh, fame, glory, you know, relationship, love, sex, um, a good time. You have people who are who are so frustrated with the job market that they're saying, I wasn't built to work. Um, well, according to my Bible. We were built for work. Adam was literally told, go in the garden and work. So we were built for work. Now, we might not have been built for the type of work that you're frustrated about, but we were all built for work. But I'm digressing. The point is, they're looking for peace in their souls, not satisfied with what they're doing on the job. And so they don't want to work at all. But it's, it's like, so then what do you want to do? What is going to bring you peace to your soul? The person who is jumping from one relationship to another, to another, to another, to another in this attempt to try to find love and to feel like I'm fulfilled and I'm satisfied because I'm finally with the one who's meant to be my partner for life. Okay, you get the relationship, but then what? You're, you're, you're in the relationship, but now what, 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 what happens with it now? Like, are you truly satisfied or now you're frustrated because you got you to do some work? Keep the relationship, some work to maintain the relationship. Um, uh, TDJ said it like this: you know, we can get so committed, we can be, we can be so committed phobed, commitment phobed that when we get in the relationship, we're like, oh God, get me out of this relationship. It's like, dude, you asked for this. You asked for this. So again, I'm saying all that to say there are so many false Christs out there, and all of them sound really, really good. And, I, and, and, I, and truth be told, some of those false Christ, what they promise you feels good. It feels good because it's appeasing to the flesh. But the flesh is not the soul. Silly rabbit. The flesh is not the soul. And because it's not the soul, we can satisfy flesh all day long. But it's never going to give us the joy and the peace that we were built for. But if we continue to, to follow along the false gospels and the false prophets and the false Christ out there, we won't be able to even tell the difference in the church. Which leads us to the other half of the other half of the pendulum swing, where for some of us, Yes, we may be pursuing the TikToks and pursuing those things and, and trying to figure out how to make our, ourselves feel good in those, in, those, in those ways. But then you have people who actually turn to God and be like, I, okay, I, I tried it. I've tried, I tried it. I've tried, I've tried it my way. It ain't working. The math ain't mathing. I need Jesus. But so then they go out into the world and they're looking for Jesus. They're looking for God. But they can't tell them apart from the world. Because when they go into certain churches or they go to certain pastors on their on their TikToks or whatever, they can't tell the difference between a true believer and a fake believer 
because everybody looks like the world now. And a lot of the, a lot of the um, sermons that are being preached, they sound like therapy sessions. There's, they're devoid of gospel truth. They may pick up verses from the Bible and make it make sense, a plausible argument, but most of the sermon is about you need to be, you're dysfunctional and you need to be delivered from your depression and you need to be delivered from your anxiety. And these are the steps to fight anxiety. These are the steps to fight depression. These are the steps to fight bipolarism. And all the while it's like, dude, where is Jesus in that? But it sounds good because it's popular now. Everybody's talking about it. So why not? You know, it gets got to make sense. And, and hear, hear me clear. I'm a therapist. Get Jesus and get therapy. Okay. I'm not knocking therapy because some of us need it. But what I'm saying is when the church becomes the therapist office from Sunday to Sunday, we rob people of the gospel of Jesus Christ that says, I'm not just trying to deliver you from depression. I'm trying to deliver you from your sins. I'm trying to deliver you from the penalty of death because sin and death are the, the roots to anxiety, the roots to depression, the roots to bipolarism, the roots to anger. If you don't get the roots, anxiety and depression and all those other things, they're only going to manifest themselves in other ways. So we can't just combat anxiety and depression and all those things. We got to combat sin. We got to combat death. We can't just come in here and give people seven ways to get rich using the tenets of the Bible. Because at the end of the day, yes, you may feel like you're, be, you're poor in your finances or that you maybe mismanage your finances. You do need to be a better steward of your finances. But at the end of the day, what's the root cause of the finances being messed up? It's sin. Sin in the sense of what are you spending your money on? What are the things that are cobbled, gobbled up in your house that are taking money away from you that's keeping you from being able to take care of the things that need to be taken care of from one day to the next? That's a sin problem, not a finance problem. Because, yes, you could take better care of your finances, but if you don't get to the root causes that are causing the finances to be depleted, then what's the point? You're only going to replace that issue with another issue that's a byproduct of sin. But again, we go out and we're looking for Jesus, but we don't see him. Where is he? I'm looking for the Christ. I'm looking for the chosen one. I'm looking for the anointed one, the one who's supposed to save, deliver, avenge, set free, you know, rescue me. But I don't know where he is. And a lot of our pastors and preachers today, not all of them, but a lot of them are not giving people Jesus. They're giving them the same self-help tips that they can go and get out of a bookstore. When I did a, re, a, a quick search of peace and purpose, I found gospel books and I found self-help books. And they both were titled the same thing, peace and purpose. And so there are people looking for Jesus, but where is he? Where is the Christ? And you got a lot of people that are saying, I'm the chosen one. 
they may not say the words, I'm the Christ, because that'd be blasphemous, but let's keep it a buck. Blasphemy isn't just outright saying what you aren't. It's so much more subtle than that. But we pump ourselves up and lift ourselves up to be the champions of, 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 the, of, of the gospel, I guess, or of salvation, I guess. And all the while, we're not giving people Jesus. We're giving them something else. And because of that, people don't know where to go. People don't know where to look. People don't know where he is. And a lot of people are worshiping a fake Christ, a false Christ that makes them feel good because their finances are stable, makes them feel good because their relationship is good, makes them feel good because they are beating the algorithm and getting the likes and getting the, getting the, the, the follows and getting the sponsors and getting the brand. You know, and again, I don't knock anybody's hustle, but just keep it a buck. Just keep it a buck. Like if you're going to stand in the same pose every time you get in front of the camera with a different dress on or a different outfit on or a different pair of shorts on or whatever, just keep it a buck. You ain't out here trying to be an authentic self. You're trying to sell yourself. Just keep it a buck. Because at the end of the day, by putting on this false advertiser, you know, uh, just get ready with me. Come on, bro. We know what's going on. You're trying to get the algorithm to see you so you can make a buck. And it's okay if that's what you want to do. But don't lie to yourself or to others saying that you're one thing when you're really not. Because at the end of the day, all you're doing is feeding this narrative within your head that says that once I get to this amount of money, or once I get this amount of success, then I'll be successful. There are so many porn stars who post their porn careers, talk about how I can barely do anything now because I'm only known for what I did. And I don't want to be known for that anymore. But every time I go to do an interview about something that I want to talk about, they always go right back to the porn stuff. And I don't want to talk about that stuff anymore. I actually do have things that I want to talk about, but now I've given, I gave myself over to this God, you know, selling my body, being comfortable with that, holding on yards. And now that I don't want to deal with that anymore, I now got to deal with the backlash that comes from me not being able to be out in the public either way that I'd like to be to try to help people or to have to overcome that because of what I did. And how often do we feel the same way where we feel like I can't be a servant for God? Look at all the stuff that I used to do. Look at all the things that I used to, that I used to be, you know, and when I go out into that particular church or I talk to that particular Christian, they talk about how clean they have to be and how they got to do this and they got to do that. And God can't want anything to do with me being sold a false gospel, a false truth, a false Christ that says until you clean up your act, then you can serve me when our scriptures ain't said nothing like that. And so I'm saying, so I'm saying all that to say, if we go to Galatians chapter two, no, I'm sorry, chapter one, verse number six, Paul said to his, um, to, to the, um, to the disciples at, um, in, in Galatia, get my words out. 
I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are returning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want you to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. Then this brother said, as we've said it before, let me say it again. If anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Colossians chapter 2 then says, in verse, starting at verse 8, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. And so whether it's coming from our own house, Christians, or whether it's coming from the world, Paul warns us, be careful of what you are thinking is the Christ. Be mindful of what you think is Jesus. Because if you're not careful, you will allow another person, another thing, another idea, another tradition to be your God. And far too often, we are out here looking for the chosen one, looking for peace, but looking in all the wrong places. Only God can give you peace. Only God can satisfy your soul. Only God can give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. Not, you know, not Allah, not anything of the Buddhist or the Taos, not our ancestors in Africa. Because let me stick a pin in that real quick. Our African brothers and sisters were the ones who were pushing the gospel long before the Europeans were. If you want to you wanna, if you want to check tape and argue with somebody about ancestors, our ancestors found out that our ancestors were not the Christ. So we can talk about not honoring our ancestors all day long. But guess what? Our ancestors ain't God. Even our ancestors back in the year 100 forward knew now our gods are not God. So even they realized. You can try to worship these jokers if you want to. It's not going to give you the peace in your soul that you're looking for. So over the course of the next maybe eight to 10 weeks, not sure. We'll see what God decides to do. This is the running definition of the gospel of Jesus Christ that we're going to unpack for us so that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are following Jesus Christ. The chosen one who saves, delivers, avenges. I love that word, avenges. You know, sets free, rescues, and all that jazz. Jesus' finished work, birth, life, death, resurrection, ascension, and future return, redeems lost man from sin and death to give him peace with God, a place to call home, people to call community, and a purpose to glorify God and make him known. I'll say it again. 
just like Paul said. Jesus' finished work, birth, life, death, resurrection, ascension, and future return, redeems lost man from sin and death to give him peace with God, a place to call home, people to call community, and a purpose to glorify God and make him known. And so the only path to peace is through Jesus. If you're going to have peace in this world and in the world to come, you got to go through Jesus. He said, I am the way. You can't, there is no other way. You can try all these other Christs out there if you want to, then you will never find satisfaction for your soul. I've known too many people who have tried everything under the sun, just like um, Solomon and Ecclesiastes tried everything under the sun, under the sun to give him peace, to, to give you satisfaction, to make you feel good. But every single place they tried, they ended up needing more and more and more to get the first high and more and more and more to try to satisfy themselves and always found themselves wanting. And so my brothers and sisters, I, I give you the case today. I present the case to you today. What have you tried that ain't working? And what is it, what, what is it going to take for you to let go of what you've tried and to try Jesus for real? Is there anything, anything, and I want you to really think about this. Is there anything that you have that you believe within your heart of hearts is worth more than Christ? Is there anything that's in the way? Anything that's stopping you? Anything that's blocking you from saying, let me give Jesus a try? If the, and, and if there isn't, if there isn't anything in your world, anything in your path, anything in your hands, anything in your heart, anything in your, your treasure chest that isn't a hindrance, a true hindrance, try them. Because what do you have to lose? Really? That's all I got. That's all I got. Heavenly Father, we come before you thanking you once again. We ask and pray, Lord God, that you just touch someone's heart today to let them know that you stand with arms wide open saying, try me. There's nothing standing in the way of giving, your, giving our lives to you. And so help us to remember that despite what anyone has to say about who you are or what's required, that you stand with arms wide open saying, come here. All your burdens, bring, I'll bring them. All your issues, bring them. All your hangups, bring them. And give me a try. Lord God, just help us to remember that you sacrificed so much for us 
that we may be able to walk with you and have peace with you. And so God, as we look to you for peace and for purpose, we're asking Lord God that you just walk with us each and every day to be reminded that you have given us peace and purpose through your work on the cross. And we'll be so careful to give your name praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen.